This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is sponsored by Fisher Skis, and you can visit them at www.fishersports.com. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Adam, and this is the Out of Bounds Podcast, and today we have three guests, Jay Burrows, Eric Sales, and Taylor Pratt. We're talking about Little, which is Taylor's new project uh, that both of these boys, Eric and Jay, had a part in filming. Uh, it's awesome. I love these guys. I really, really... I can't tell you how much having people like this around me means to me. Like it's, it, it's a great thing. So, um, shout out to these guys. They've always been great to me, to the show, to the collective. Um, and obviously Taylor is an extremely talented skier. It's one of the most passionate skiers I know. So be sure to listen, follow and watch Taylor's project little, um, that'll be out not already very shortly. Uh, before we jump into the show, we have a couple sponsors. One of which is Aspen Snowmass. If you are looking to ski the most uninterrupted snow, the most uninterrupted acres in the country, you can only do that in one place, and that's Aspen Snowmass. Obviously, very, very easily accessible through all major airports, all major hubs. You can get in right into Aspen and be on the hill in a very short amount of time. So if you're planning on booking a vacation out west, you're planning on going somewhere, if you are out west already, Aspen. That's where you go, Aspen Snowmass. Uh, if you have any questions, hit gosnowmass.com for all the details and get yourself set up today. Without further ado, here's my friends and your friends, Taylor, Eric, and Jay. Who you are, a little bit about yourself. This is our official start sales. Who are you? A little bit about yourself and then we'll roll on. Yeah, hi, this is Eric Sales. I'm a backcountry guide and photographer based out of Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, yeah, I ski here in Utah primarily and about half inbounds at Alta Snowbird, half out of bounds. And I work a lot for some major brands shooting photos and producing video campaigns. T. Pratt? I'm Taylor Pratt, uh, skier born and raised in Utah. Um, been skiing inbounds and out of bounds and teaching Jay how to do kick turns for the last several years. <laughs> um, Jay, that's a good cue for you. Who, who are you? Oh, than, wow. uh, a mattress thanks aficionado. The, uh, yeah. Thanks for the intro, Taylor. Well, uh, my name is Jay. <laughs> um, I'm a freelance cinematographer. I work along Eric's sales. Um, let's see. I met, I met Eric probably, it's 2023, maybe like three years ago now. Um, I've been living in Salt Lake for the last nine. Um, been skiing, you know, went to school here in Salt Lake. Uh, I've worked with major brands as well as like K2, Giro, Strafe. Um, been working along with sales. He's been uh, kind of taking me under my wing, um, under his wing, excuse me. <laughs> and um yeah, no, it's been great. It's been a really great learning process and I've enjoyed, uh, you know, understanding the process a lot more. So yeah, it's a little bit about me. How did the three of you meet? Like who's the connecting person between the three of you? I think it's Eric or me. Cause I knew Jay aside from sales. Um, but I think they made a connection through someone else where they started to film and then it kind of became. No, so, no, I, I, 
So I yeah, I think I think Jay walked up to you and me on the patio at Alta. <laughs> I would check out, and we were having beers after a day of shooting, and he was like. Hi, I'm Jay. I want to be a ski cinematographer. <laughs> and he's like, do you need an intern? And I was like, actually, I do. Um, but I definitely met Jay with you and a couple other people. I'm trying to remember who else was with our group that day. But yeah, he was a a patio interaction. Seems yes, to be a lot of yes. those. You, you, are, you are right about that. That was a patio interaction. <laughs> I, I'd always, I think Taylor and I always knew each other. We had met a couple times on the lift and whatever, but um, never really like interacted until I made um, kind of an official meet, whatever, on the patio with Eric Sales. I <laughs> uh, told him a little bit about what I was supposed to do, you know, uh, if COVID didn't happen, I was going to go to LA and work for a, uh, as a, um, kind of like a big, bigger PA assistant in the business side. But I, I obviously that fell, fell through in, in LA because of COVID and stayed in Salt Lake. But, um, yeah. And then that's how it all started. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, Adam, to give a little, to give a little color to that, this is a, this is a pretty common um, occurrence, I guess, in the industry, because as you know, there's a ton of people who are working on the media side of the ski industry in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially at Alta, it's a hotbed for kind of more experienced photographers and cinematographers. We meet there, we hang out there, we ski together. Sometimes we go out and work together. Um, so for younger people like Jay or people coming through Westminster, the use program, it's kind of known that we're at least here to answer questions. Um, and we're always happy to work with, with younger people because I can never have enough support, I guess. Mm. Like I always have tasks that I need help with, even if it's something as simple as carrying an extra camera bag into the backcountry or batching photos after a really long day of, of photo shoots. Mm. So Jay kind of showed up at the right time where I was looking for someone to fill some of those roles for me. Um, and he didn't know anything at all about really operating a camera, but he was a warm body to carry one at the time. So he's, I mean, he's grown a lot from there over the last three years, um, largely through working with Taylor. But, you know, this is not like a, a weird thing. Maybe this was a, a pretty informal way to come and get involved. I was just about but, to ask, like, is this know, how you recommend, process. is this how you recommend <laughs> people approach you for the first time is like, find you on the patio and be like, hey, yo, I need a job. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I'm being completely honest, it was a total lot. It was, it was my way of just introducing myself, getting my name in there. And I didn't even think it would turn out to something like this. I mean, uh, not that like, like it was kind of, Oh yeah, we'll be in touch, but you know how that it always works like that. So it's like, you're in touch, but you're never in touch. Um, on that note, never tell Jay that you'll be in touch because he will not let up. Oh. He is insistent as fuck. Those people, <laughs> let me tell you something right now. Those people are the people I never him. answer. I never answer those people ever. <laughs> I will ignore you. It will become my life's mission to ignore you if you keep chasing me down. Like, I have a dude right now that currently, over the last 24 hours, has DM'd me texted me, called me, and emailed me all within 24 hours about nothing. 
and like he keeps asking me to do this shit for free like and come promote his whatever the fuck and i'm just like dog fucking stop but like what am I, I like i just let it go i just let it go to her. and eventually like if you're not getting that cue then i i don't know what to tell you i don't know what to do it just it, it is what it is but i can appreciate it working out like this for you jay especially because it's not me on the receiving end of this yeah i mean i mean this the squeaky the squeaky uh wheel Yep, you know, I can't, I can't, yeah, yeah, gets the grease, whatever it is. I get it, but you, you have to be, you have in anything, it's not even in like in a in a film role, in in anything that you want to do, you got to be a little bit persistent, you got to be the little bit of the loudmouth, and and you have to also understand that like there is times when it's like, okay, I got to back off, all right, they're not responding to it. But, you know, and that's where you find your other options. So I, people always, and I will say, like, people always are like, how do you get all into all this everything? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you know this person? How do you know that person? I'm like, well, I, I talk to people. Yeah. So I, I talk to, I, I put myself out there. Um, I, th- I think it's a good thing. I'm not like, I don't think it's, I think there's a line right the persistence line that exists and once you go over that line i associate you with being a psychopath and i no longer (laughs) want to have anything to do with you even if you're like hey adam here's a hundred grand no strings attached i probably wouldn't answer your message like but there's like a hard line for me when i'm like this relationship is just too there's too much like there's too many strings that are going to come with just knowing this person that being said, I agree with you. Like everybody that I've ever met in this industry has come from basically that exact same thing, just like reaching out and seeing what happens. So, yeah. but I, I yeah. want to make it clear that I'm not shitting on that part. I'm shitting on <laughs> like the fact that there is a line and, and the line is very hard <laughs> to distinguish sometimes, but it is, it is what it is. Are you, are you the type Jay that like, do you just go up to girls at the bar and just see what happens? It's a very personal um, question, but it's it's a personality no, type that I think question. exists. Great, great question. Wow, um, that is a, <laughs> that actually. I've seen the him. The answer do it. is no. Yeah, no. It's yes and no. If depending, unless unless he's at the Peruvian Lodge and has had too many beers to drive down the canyon. <laughs> it depends on it depends on my mood, but if I'm like in a good talkative mood, yeah, absolutely, I'll I'll go do it. I'll get All some right. weird looks. It's, Good for it's you. mostly not worked out, but like, you know, it's, you, you no, gotta try. It works, out for, it works out for some people. It's never worked out for me. So good on you. <laughs> but hey, Adam, all in all, I was persistent and look where we are. I agree. I'm I sitting agree. on We've your podcast with sales, Taylor, you know, yep. you. Um, Let me ask you, let me ask you guys this, because I don't know anything about this project. I know I have no background other than a three sentence DM from Taylor. So what, <laughs> what is this project? What is the purpose of it? What are we showcasing here? I'm assuming Taylor is the skier in this project and you two are filming, but I, that is literally as much as I know is that it is three minutes long. Um, yeah. Uh, so us, us three have been working together for three, two, three years now. Um, and we had this just giant kind of backlog of footage that we've been sitting on. 
um, that we couldn't use for a variety of different reasons. And I kind of wanted to catalog it all and give it, um, give it some more longevity um, mm -hmm. rather than it just being like a 10 second slow-mo reel that you watch once and scroll by. Um, so I, I talked about it with Eric prior, like, Hey, can we do something with the footage that we're getting? Um, and this was finally the year where I, I think both of us were like, yeah, we should probably do this. You have all this footage. We have the time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's two and a half minutes. We didn't, we didn't make it all the way to three, but. <laughs> okay, so it's not three minutes. All right. So the only thing I know is a lie. That's, that's fucking cool, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll add to that. So it's all in Utah. Uh, it's mostly deep powder skiing, um, which is what Taylor and I tend to like to do. Uh, Jay was the primary filmer. I have a couple shots in video shots in the project, but mostly I was there shooting photography, guiding, making sure these two idiots didn't get hurt. Um, and, and, and kind of trying to have a good time, you know, like Taylor's one of my best friends. Jay has now been with us for a couple years of filming and has been able to hang out and come along and, you know, all of these shots of super, super deep snow. Like I was, I actually have it up right now on my other computer in the background and was going through some of it before it brings back a lot of memories of just being at Alta and kind of being trapped up there and going into the backcountry, skiing super deep stuff and kind of poking our toes around because the last, especially last year it was very challenging to ski safely on storm days. Um, and then a lot of times coming back, having a beer waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the canyon to open so we've kind of been talking about doing something with it for a while and you know really at the end of the day from my perspective it's more about making sure that taylor actually gets something out of all the effort that he's put in over the years you know it's he's been published in photos a ton of times from all of these different campaigns and the footage has kind of just been sitting there brands have sometimes used it a lot of times not. So some of, a lot of it has not been seen before. Um, and I just want to make sure that, you know, like as a friend, we're supporting him and making sure that his effort is worthwhile at the end of the day. Mm. What's, what's the project actually called? Do we have a title? I know it's launching like next week or something like that, but like, what is, do we have a title? Little. Little? Just, yeah. Why is it called Little. Um, because I'm because sure. it's a little edit from Little Cottonwood. Yeah, <laughs> a little edit from Little Cottonwood. We had little budget. I'm short. Zero budget. A lot of littles. Okay. Short um, people. Let me let me ask all of you this: what What was last year? We're going to kind of dive deeper into, I guess, the actual project itself too, but. Before we do that, what what was last year actually like for people that lived in Utah? Like, because I think I everybody, yeah, I'm sure. And that's why I'm asking this, because everybody and their mother, even like now, like I'll be in the shop and somebody bring, oh, I've skied out there for three days. And, I'll talk on that. and I'm just like, <laughs> like, that's really cool. I'm glad you did that. Like, but 
a lot of people did that. Everybody had a powder day. If you had a, the only person I think that went to Utah last year and didn't have a powder day was me. I think I was the only human being that was there when it was just gray and groomers and just fucking shaved ice. Yeah. But everybody else, it seems like, got that kind of condition. So I'm more curious about less about the snow and more about what life was actually like when things were <laughs> like that up there and how like the skiing experience changed for the three of you. Dude, I just remember one morning and we were in the parking lot. It was like, man, 7 a.m. We had been up since 5. We're getting there early. We were supposed to go on an early up. It had snowed a shit ton. I, I had reached out to Alta being like, hey, is the early up happening? Fully expecting them to be like, no, go back to bed. And they're just like, maybe. One word. Maybe. Oh, that's the worst like, answer. Oh, yeah. No. All right. So we drive up there. It's just Taylor, Jay, and I. We're sitting there drinking coffee in the parking lot, waiting for an answer. We have skied for like three weeks straight every single day. And most of that was like with a camera bag on. And like, I'm I'm just a wreck. Like, <laughs> I look over at Taylor and he's like, got like two dips in, like looks all haggard, <laughs> trying to drink his coffee, <laughs> preparing to ski. <laughs> jay like can't even make words um it, it was a lot of that man it was a lot of just like being so run down and tired and trying so hard to get out and ski all the snow that we had and facing legitimate barriers from the resorts being unable to open the road being closed avalanche safety being through the roof not having time for conditions to settle out and kind of track what features are looking like or the snowpack is looking like it was complicated in every single way and i would love for a slightly above average 650 inch <laughs> season this year yeah i would i would agree with that i mean what i thought was really funny in uh in especially in like january um it snowed a lot and we had a lot of deep days it wasn't it was like to the point where it was good in january but i just felt like every time i went out and tried to get a couple good clips we'd get skunked on weather. Um, we'd get, we'd get like, you know, up the Canyon, you know, you're stealing with traffic up the Canyon lines, all this type of, you know, stuff going on. Um, and I just felt like every day we tried to go out in specifically in January, we couldn't get anything because it was just, the weather was insane. And I will say like, by the end, by the end of the winter, I, I always said, I always said like, oh, there's never too much snow, never too much snow. Well, the, you know, at the end of March, when we got that 70 inch storm that closed the Canyon for two weeks, that was the storm that got too much snow. That was, that was the pinnacle of this is way too much. And then you were dealing with wet slides and closures and you didn't know when it was going to open again. And people are always like, well, it's 900 inch here. Wasn't it like so awesome? I go, no, I'm so happy the winter was over. It was so frustrating. But then I, on the flip side, you know, the year before we're complaining about how there's not enough snow. I was just going to say, I think you're going to get people coming at you with fucking pitchforks, like, because I you're know. complaining about all this stuff. <laughs> it's like, I asked the question knowing that this is the yeah. answer that you're going to give me and like knowing that people are going to be upset about it and like just shut the fuck up you guys got 900 inches just Adam, be happy I, about it i will tell you <laughs> I, I will tell you i literally 
when I moved out here in 2015, I was like, I will never be like soft anymore. I'll, I'll <laughs> always like be an East Coast hardcore. I'm, I'm, I'm soft. You might be the softest person I know, Jay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, okay, like, Adam, he, here, let me hit, let me hit you with something real quick, oh, right? Man. To go back to this story, to go back to the the project that we're working on. <laughs> I was catching up with Taylor the other day, and I was like, Taylor, I found this this shot in the archives, and you know, Jay was new. It was his first backcountry shoot. This was. Uh, this day sales and Taylor and I had scouted this zone. That's, uh, you know, it's kind of off the backside of Alta in that area, but it's a very, very large drop kind of like through two trees. And we had looked at it a couple of times and we had decided, you know, Hey, this storm is the day. Uh, it was supposed to be blue in the morning. And then there was another wave of snow rolling in, in the afternoon. And I was like, all right, Jay, like we need a second angle on this day so pack your bag like here's the cine cam you're gonna come out with us today so we tour up there you know it takes maybe an hour and a half taylor and i drop in build out a lip which we would later find was a mistake <laughs> um, go and everyone gets set up and of course taylor got the nickname the king of clag during this year and yeah. that's exactly what happens just like everyone's go the cameras are on clouds been sunny all morning then heavy snow <laughs> talking to taylor on the radio and he's like i'm just gonna go dude fuck this like I, i'm gonna hit it it's all good he goes probably 60 feet past the landing <laughs> bangs his knee up <laughs> jay misses the shot they, they... <laughs> i will explain that side of the story but you couldn't get the camera to turn I get... jay, it's okay okay let me I ask, let me ask yeah. a question before jay explains like did you get the shot or no? All right, so there's no butt. He did not like, get the shot. Sales didn't say anything wrong. He literally just said, Jay missed no, the no, shot. No, no, but you didn't okay, get yes, the shot. I... That's the end of the story. Here, here's the best part, though, right? Jay's first day. And granted, it like right. it was it was brutal. Like the weather had turned, his camera was frozen. Um, like there was a whole bunch of reasons. I was not mad at him for missing software, the shot. We got it from the second angle. Software issues. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. <laughs> but Taylor was hurt, and that was like a legitimate problem. Right. Um, we tried to get him on his skins because there's like an easy flat way out. He could not skin. And I looked at Jay and I was like, Jay, you're gonna be very upset about this, but we have to boot right back up what we just came down. That's the only way that we're getting out and we're getting Taylor off the mountain before it gets dark because it was early in the season. And Jay has like two fucking cameras, two tripods, <laughs> six years, a full change of clothes. Like he I... overpacked so aggressively going out on his first trip. And <laughs> Taylor and I, like I set the, set the boot pack up, come down, get Taylor's skis, boot pack up with Taylor's skis and backpack. Taylor gets up there. Jay's like halfway up this booter. <laughs> like 65 pound pack on Taylor and I are just taking videos of him and sending it to people that are already on the patio being like, where are you guys? And he was a really good sport about it. You could tell he was having the worst day ever. <laughs> like, Taylor was actually hurt and it, it really lightened the mood and he's just sitting there laughing at Jay and having a good time. But man, I can't believe we still let you work with us after that, but I guess he's, still here. he's still here. Amazing. Yeah. Adam, I actually have another, I have another good story. And this is just when, um, <clears throat> this is another, what I thought was a fuck up where I missed the shot. 
Um, but it actually turned out beautiful for me. And um, we are, so we're not, we are like in another zone right off of Alta. Um, Taylor and I had gone back to, you know, it was a second time back there. He wanted to get a, can I say it? He wanted to get a three off of this cliff, finally stomps it. Um, and this is like, this is the first year I'm like learning how to use the, the black magic, like the cine stuff and switching back and forth um, between, you know, either the slow-mo or the, you know, the 5k 60. And I shot it in, I shot the three in 5k 60 and then I switch. And then, so Taylor lands, we're all stoked. He stomps it. We look at the shot. Sick. Great. Let's get out of here. Go back to the patio again. And, um, I'm, you know, I switch and then I go and switch the settings and I go back into the playback where you can see it. And I'm like scrolling through the playback and I go, Taylor, I, I don't, where is your shot? Like, I know I didn't delete it. I know your shot is there. I didn't hit format. I didn't do anything, but your shot's not there. I'm not seeing it. So we're touring out and all in my head, I'm going, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Taylor's pissed because he's not talking to me. He's not talking to me at all. <laughs> we get, we get back to the, we get back to Alta. We get down and, and Taylor goes, all right, I'll go get beers, whatever. And I'm like looking through the camera and I'm thinking like, okay, if I switch the settings and then go to playback, does it do it? And I switch the set. I find we finally get back, take the camera out, switch the settings, find the shot. And I stand up and I yell to Taylor and I go, it's fine. The shots there. And like yelled it across the whole patio. <laughs> Everyone looked at me and their mother looked at me like people on vacation. They're like, what is this guy doing? Like Taylor goes, um, Jay, calm down. Seriously. Like, what the fuck? And, Congratulations, you did your job. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, good job. You didn't oh. fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy. I was so stoked myself. I was like, okay, I figured that out. And like, we're all good. Because it's like, I didn't delete it, but it was there still. So, yes, you learn through your mistakes or your almost oh, mistakes. Yeah. You would, uh, dude, I, I would be lying to you if I told you that I have not done things like that on a regular basis still. Like I've been doing this fucking podcast for five years and like the amount of times that I have to go, I just did it last week. Like I recorded the audio on a mic and like went back to look at the file and like file is like, I go back to click the file, hit play. And it's literally like a video of my cat. Right, it's not what it's supposed to be. <laughs> not in I'm like positive it's the same file. Like, luckily, like this shit all backs up on the computer. But like, I do that shit fucking literally twice a month, three times a month. It happens all the time. It just it is what it is. Especially like when you guys are shooting with the type of shit at the level that you're shooting at. I just don't like that shit's gonna happen no matter how good you like. There's gonna be a mistake that's made by somebody at some. Point. Whenever, whenever someone says, Jay's, you get that? And I like either didn't, definitely didn't get it because of somebody's fuck up. Maybe it was me. Um, or I'm like, I'm unsure. I'm like, do you want to do that again? Do you want to do Let's just try it one more time. Then, then we'll be good. Just tell them so their arms are up. Like, just tell them something dumb. Yeah. Your arms are looking crazy in this shot. Like, that's how you get people to fucking reshoot it every single time. Your form yeah, exactly. looks bad, dude. Your form looks bad. 
Yeah, exactly. All, all you got to do is just say, I missed the grab, Jay, and I'll go right back up. Perfect. Do it again. <laughs> now you know. Now you know. Um, Should have known that already. Probably, yeah. What <laughs> is there value in three-minute to ten-minute videos anymore? Like, genuinely. Like, I, I obviously think that you guys are going to answer and say, yes, we like it, blah, 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 because you're putting one out. But to the mass audience – do we think that this is like a thing that is like we're in the last years of a dying breed or do we think that this is a thing that just needs to be done a slightly different way so that people engage with it? Cause I think there's, there's both schools of thought. There's both, there's both ways that these things go. And I think some people lean into the short clips. I think some people, and, and that's all they care about, right? Like you're going to see a lot of professional skiers this year, get a filmer locally and only put out constant social media clips and not do an annual project. Like I can think of 10 off the top of my head that have that planned into their budgets, into their sponsor programs mm -hmm. for 2024. But there's also people like Berman. I just talked to Berman like two weeks ago or something. And like, they're talking about full, full circle and it's 90 minutes yep. long. Right. So versus like, and that's a thing that people are going to watch. People are watching actively it's and it's incredible like it locks you in for that long of a period of time but it's fucking 90 minutes long like maybe even longer than that like it's a long fucking film but mm -hmm. my so my question i guess is does that stuff hold value not just to you guys personally i more mean commercially like and to sponsors to a general mass audience mm. i wish it held more value yeah <laughs> Because yeah. that's, that's the unfortunate reality is that like, we're seeing this situation now, where sponsors really don't care about the quality. Um, and more that it's like, the amount, the amount of times that I have to talk about social metrics and reach and all of these things for a clip that I look at and I'm like, that's shitty skiing. Yeah. Why do you care? Yeah. Um, it's sad. And, and the reality is, is that the film companies that are out there, you know, MSP, TGR, and even level one, hopefully next year, they are basically full with their rosters. So it's, it's really hard to get an opportunity to be featured in a huge piece. So if you're one of these middle of the road athletes like Taylor, how do you stand out and make a name for yourself and show off your skiing without doing a three to 10 minute piece, you know, um, that can live somewhere other than your reels. Like, kind of like he was saying, it's like, that's the reality. It's like Sam Cooch and, and, and Cole and all these other guys have budget to do bigger pieces and going all the way up to Sammy and, you know, his insane budget to do a, a three to 10 minute piece. Um, but everyone who isn't that like top five skier out there, how do you still try to build a career and, and, and work with your sponsors is a huge question that I think is being actively redefined right now. And maybe not for the, better like i wish it was a lot less about how many people viewed it on instagram or tiktok yeah no for sure i i think it's it's a good question to be raised because i think the industry gears right now so heavily towards the influencer type especially in comparison to past years right i don't even think that the like the math is necessarily wrong like right like how the dollars are getting split up at brands like i'm not making that argument because I think it's a little deeper than just this conversation, right? And I think some people will sell products, some people won't sell products. 
And that's really at the end of the day, what it is, is the people selling whatever the product is, whether it's with their skiing, their talking, their TikTok dances, like whatever it is, like if that sells product, that's the end metric for a brand, right? I guess I, I it just, it, it's a weird thing to see where it has been. I think because we're also used to seeing like these great, cinematic annual films or like these bigger pieces from athletes that we really care about come out as part of a tour or whatever i think that part is starting to get a little weird and it has been weird for a few years now and i just don't know if brands are gonna and how brands are gonna keep supporting that and then what the creators of that content are gonna do to change it up so that it has value for the brands right because i think something's gonna give somewhere where like you need i don't know i like these longer projects like personally i would rather see a three to ten minute project all day long than watch an instagram clip right but i'll be the first person with a like on a 10 second clip like it's just like it's the way that our behavior of engagement goes i think now in 2024 that like even if it's not what we actually like and actively tell ourselves that we like we're engaging with the other thing like it's just it's a very it's an odd position to be in especially if you're in the seat that you all are in where you're like the athlete or the filmer like it i wonder what that does for you guys and how you decide to put together a project agreed Mm. yeah i mean i i think that the the content that's always been like the most memorable for me has always been the like three to 10 minute piece that someone puts together, like like all of Sammy's stuff that he's put out since he's kind of just gone on his own. And um, even like Colby taking his segment out of Crescendo and just uh, releasing it during the level one premiere as just his segment, like that was the most memorable for me because it was just all bangers for three minutes three at maybe three but yeah it was it was all of his like a shots from the season and like is it nikolai Shermer that's like his youtube is exploding and it's it's pieces like that and dell is doing kind of the the vlog stuff and that seems to be doing well i don't know it it seems to stick around with the people that i associate with and like kids that i talk to like we, right. mem- we remember those like three minute pieces way more than we do like some TikTok video to Doja Cat. <laughs> some some reel <laughs> that gets lost on Instagram. Yeah. I, I I look at it as like, and and Taylor, correct me if I'm wrong because I don't want to speak for you, but um, I look at it as as is almost like a resume builder. It's like, if I want to be an athlete, you know, here is something that I can put together in Mm. a minute to two minutes. And, you know, you can, you know, maybe, maybe the first year is it's coming out of your pocket. Maybe the next year you give a little bit of traction, but it's like, it's not some reel that just kind of disappears off into the metaverse or whatever. It's some actual hard link that you can send to companies, you can send to production companies that say, this is, you know, this is what I worked on. This is my skiing, like all this type of stuff. Yeah. It's your resume. It's, it's your resume. It's what you built as an athlete. 
Um, I think, I mean, I know this has been said so many times, but I think people's attention span is very short. Um, but I also think if the level of content that's going out on YouTube is like desirable, people will watch it. Like, I don't think human behavior has changed that much in some ways. Like, you know, the, like the old gibberish uh, videos, people still watch those. Um, there's so many, there's so many videos that people still watch on YouTube, but I mean, I think it's just like, it's a weird human behavior pattern that we're in right now. Um, and we'll see, we'll see if it lasts. We'll see if it, you know, everything happens in, in phases or yeah, patterns well, I, or whatever. I also think it's important to take into account that there is a, a real like difference in the sport now. I mean, if you look 10 years ago, not every single person you knew was going into the backcountry. You know, people were actively having to compete, whether that was free ride, freestyle, racing, whatever it was. That was the only avenue that people had to really access some of those upper level experiences of working with guides and, you know, going heli skiing or whatever it might be. And now, since we've seen this huge shift from the early, you know, marker duke technology up to where we are where most people i know have a pair of kingpins or atks or dinafits and have some level of education to go out of bounds and ski on tracked pow you're seeing this whole generation of free skiers that don't compete um for sure and if you fall into that category like like taylor does or so many other people do like they, they come from competition backgrounds but they don't do anything except ski in the backcountry now how do you stay relevant it's one avenue or the other you're either tripling down on social media and making that your career and kind of living like an influencer even if you're you know somewhere in the realm of athlete if you're if your contract is paid by the amount of posts that you do in my mind you're not being paid as an athlete you're being paid as a content creator or an influencer or whatever you want to call it so there's this weird middle ground now that you're either doing social media or you're doing some longer content piece that a brand believes in. Mm. And with that, like I put a lot of those pitches together. The biggest thing that we're still talking about is distribution and, and how are you going to actually get people to watch it? How are you going to get eyeballs on it to right. influence perception of the brand and maybe even lead to a sale? And those are really hard questions because um, you can't have a premiere or an activation unless you have a big enough cachet with your community to do so. Um, or the budget it's it's yeah or the budget right yeah i think it's it's a tough thing and i think you know taylor you brought up like nikolai like or delilah like any of these people i think there's a bunch of different ways to go with the content that you create and put out there like it doesn't have to be super short form i think a lot of times the bigger content obviously feeds into shorter form content like why wouldn't it right like i'm sure you're gonna have 10 fucking clips for social media from this two and a half minute film right that i yeah. think that's part of how it goes as far as like people seeing it i think it just i think part of it is being good but i actually don't think it's just being good like if it's if it's good i don't think that necessarily means people are going to see it right i think people are going to see it mm -hmm. if they care about you personally and i think that's the end all be all i think and this is just me observing more than anything else i think as an athlete right now it 
can't just be that you're good at skiing with the exception of a few people, right? There's probably five people on earth, maybe that can just be good at skiing. No one know what they're fucking like. No one care about them personally and them crush, right? The Candides of the world, the Sammies of the world. I would actually prefer not to hear things from them because they're so good. It puts them in that like, not because they're bad. I don't mean that. Yeah. I talk as much as they want but i think it creates an aura around them of like here's the people that we talk about right i think one of the reasons like you talk about like basketball people talk about the michael jordan debate so much because they can't watch him play currently right they can't watch it happening in real time they're not getting that with the action all at once at the same time i think there's there's like that aura where people are like they don't know what it's like so they want it more i think there's five people on earth that can do that I think for the athlete now, it's like, how do you get people to care about you, right? I think Delilah will tell you herself. It's like, that's, I think what she's doing is creating a relationship with everybody that's viewing the content. And maybe at a more extreme, like maybe that's the goal more than just skiing, right? Like she's been injured for two seasons now, but somehow like people still are very attached to her, whether whether she's skiing or not. And I think that, does more than anything else so like i think the content can be good but i think people also have to care about the athlete and i'm I'm not saying that for you taylor i'm saying that like generally speaking i think that that's how people are engaging with the stuff that they like right now yeah not that giving i don't want to take this as a reflection of like whether I <laughs> people like you personally or not that's not what i'm getting at. <laughs> uh yeah i mean i i get what you're saying it's more just like giving a certain amount of people like giving them that outlet to talk to you maybe not an outlet but for lack of a better word like giving that yeah kind of connection where it's not like yeah it's like with candid you just see him ski and then you like never see his face you never see his smile you don't see him replying in the comment section you know yeah you don't see him engaging with people like that's just yeah but that's part of the bit He's a mystery. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, just like a being person. a yeah, being a real person if you're not Candy Eater Sammy, like online and talking to everyone, like maybe I kind of see where you're coming from. Like that definitely seems to help. And replying in comments is actually like what I try to do when I post shit. Cause yeah, it's like what you're supposed to do. Like engagement yeah. is like supposed to help your engagement if you respond to people. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird thing. We live in a very odd time and I do not envy you right now. Like, because it's very (laughs) difficult to like, one, to be an athlete is hard enough. Like in my mind, that should be your job is being an athlete. But now there's all these other things that your success is measured by, especially when it comes to a brand paying you a paycheck. And I'm sure like there's great brands that you work with that are like, okay, this cat is fucking hilarious. Um, I'm sure there's great brands that you work with that like just care about you as the person and like care about putting like they care about the fact that you're skiing and your skiing is going well. But now there's just so many of these other companies. Like if you're somebody who's trying to get sponsored in 2024, there's so many new strings attached that may not have been 10 years ago. Well, and that the hardest part is that not only will there, there be strings attached, you will probably also not get paid. Yeah. Like, be like, Hey, here, here's like, four pairs of skis and in exchange for that we need you to post 
and tag us twice a week. And then you can submit via proposal for travel funding or budget or any of these things. And, you know, something that I've been watching happen with Taylor a lot is he gets invited on a lot of team trips and then he comes out, he makes all this content and then he never gets any of it. Yeah. The, the projects are owned by the brands. If there's turnover, good luck. Yeah. Because who knows where even the drive is. That's the scariest the thing in the ski industry that no one talks about, by the way. Like that is the, to me, and I think anybody who is like sponsored by a brand, the turnover bit is, I was thinking about this literally yesterday. You're like, your guy or your girl or your human that works at a brand leaves that brand tomorrow. Where does that leave you? Like, are you important enough that they're going to remember your name? You know what I mean? Like to them. Yeah. Yeah. I have a company that I've worked with for nine years and uh, their entire team got let go very suddenly after a merger last year. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. I'm talking to the new team, but they don't know me. They don't, they don't care. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's time to prove my worth again and again and again. That's kind of how I feel like on the content yeah. side of things. And I don't know, Taylor, do you have anything to add on, on the, the talent side? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are, are brands that I've still work with that I've worked with that have gone through turnover almost every year I've been with them. And it's, you have to like restart a relationship with the brand from scratch almost, especially when it's like, more than just for me more than just like the tm leaves because yeah. they got a, a a job somewhere else or they were just kind of over it um if i don't have anyone else to be like oh you should probably like reach out to taylor he's on the team i have to like do the same process of that i went through to just get on skiing for this brand like the whole thing starts over again. And um, I think that's definitely hurt me in cases. Sometimes it's helped, but most of the time it's like, okay, all the momentum I just built is now gone. Yeah. All the, like, all the things. All the promises that were made yeah. by somebody who no longer exists. Yeah. Yeah. Or all the attachments but that honestly, you personally kinda... had, right? Like the attachment that you yeah. had to a brand a lot of times is tied. And this is why I was thinking about it. It was like, it's tied to the people that you know that work in a brand. Somebody leaves that brand and then you're like, I really just liked working with them. And now I don't really <laughs> give a shit about this brand anymore. Like that's happened yeah. too. Totally. But honestly, I blame Taylor for this and all other free ride coaches <laughs> in the world. Um, all of you that I know, because the reality is, is that there is so much talent out there now. Yeah. And there is so much parody. And on the filmer and photographer side of things too. I constantly have people trying to undercut me. Um, some of whom have done so successfully, but like Taylor's out here coaching this Altabird team up at Alton Snowbird of freeride kids. And I go out and ski with them like once a year. And I'm like, Oh my God, the, the risks that they are willing to take to have a cool photo taken of them are absurd. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you look at people like, like Taylor, or I mean, other to name another freeride coach that I think skied really safe for a long time. Xander Goldman, who's now finally <laughs> made it big. Like, dude, he will tell you that the reason that his skiing is at the level that it's at now is because he's been having to keep up with his kids. Yeah. And that is crazy. So I get it. If you're a brand manager and you're like, oh, I need these photo shoots of these huge airs or whatever it is. I'm looking for that A-level quality content. You don't need to engage with somebody that has 
spent 10 years in the industry and recovered from injuries and gained avalanche education and all of these other things, because it's kind of a disposable asset to you. Mm. And I hate that we're, we're there really. Like I do a little bit of assistance with some team management and that's always how I, how I feel because I know how I've been treated and Taylor's been treated. Like I, anyone in the ski industry will tell you they've worked with people who will just ghost them. They've worked with people who have made promises, all sorts of things, and then have just disappeared and quit or move on or literally chosen somebody else. And the accountability that we have from a brand perspective is, in my opinion, piss poor. Mm. And I hope that the industry can realize that we're just using people that we like claim to be friends with and claim to support. But how many athletes actually make it through two major injuries like John Collinson? He is the rare one because he spent so much time building his brand that he was able to survive. But even that, he had to make major sponsorship changes throughout that time. Um, there's always somebody hungrier. There's always somebody willing to do it cheaper. And how do you build that relationship when the people that we work for at brands are consistently underpaid and yeah. struggle as well? And they have all the incentive in the world to move on to another industry or a better company or whatever it is, all the way from the small guys up to the biggest companies in the outdoor industry. Yeah. So I, I look at it as a more pervasive culture problem that impacts everyone except for the shareholders at the top. Um, it's really mm. sad. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would agree with that. I've, <clears throat> I've definitely seen that as well in uh, my short time, you know, being really, I you know, in the industry and everything. Um, but it, it, I think it also comes down to like what type of person they are to begin with. And I don't know. I don't know if, it, if it's an industry thing. So, um, I mean, that's really all my, I'm going to just comment on it. So I don't think well, it's I mean, going to, I don't think it's going to this. Yeah. What? But Jay, you're a great example, dude. Like you, you came into, the, into this industry wanting to be a filmer. And then you watched all of the shit that Taylor and I went through and all of these other people that you worked with at varying levels of success. And you went out and got a real job. <laughs> like <laughs> you're working in like mortgage stuff uh, now. Underwriter I insurance. <laughs> but yeah, yeah like, I, I, I leave that out. It all makes <laughs> zero sense to me. I mean, okay. So I mean, I guess if you want to jab, are you right? If I get real with this? So, I mean, I don't Yes, wanna... I mean, are oh, you about okay. to explain mortgage underwriting to us? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, I, I do. I'm actually sure talking you about no something. I, don't know, I, about I know what mortgage underwriting is, and I fucking hate those people, so. No, no, I'm not mortgage <laughs> underwriter. I, I'm in excess casualties, so, like, third-party slip and falls and Oh, God, okay, of... cool. Anyway, continue with what yeah, you were yeah, going to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. Um... I don't know, man. I think, I think there's some, there are some people in this industry that haven't grown up yet. I, I just, no kidding. like, I just, I don't know if, if it's, if it's how they were raised or and I'm not even like, I'm, I'm trying to be so careful with my choice, choice of words, <laughs> but I think, Jay, but it's, I think, it's a Peter Pan industry. Like everyone, that's exactly everyone gets what I, that's what I mean. Do at. people like want to grow live up? in this life where you just get to go play all day? I know, and I'm, like I'm, that's the job, right? It's the dream job yeah. for everybody. So of course they don't fucking grow up, right? But I'm, right? I'm, and I'm it's the I'm, thing that you I'm kicked just out trying, when I you could, were. I could say oh. it. I, I 
just trying to be careful with my choice words here, right? I, right, I get Adam? it. I get it. I get yeah. it. No. So I think I think there's some people that just haven't grown up. I think that it is something where, you know, you know, they're like, oh, I, I'm, too, I'm too busy. It's like, well, what do you mean? You're on a trip with X, Y, and Z athlete. I thought you were going to help this athlete out that needed this gear. Like, you know, how hard is it to text somebody back? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Like, that's, that's my opinion on it. I don't get it either. And I don't, uh, again, like, it's another thing that I think we can complain about that I just don't think it's going to change. I think it's part of the nature of the industry. It's it's good to talk about it. And I think it's good to acknowledge that this is a real thing and this is how it works for people a lot of times. But I don't expect it to change. I actually only expect it to get worse. I think it, contracts are going to get weirder and weirder. Shit is going to get more complicated over time. And I think over time, it's going to be like people decide to go different routes in their life. You know, like I think they're going to be like, I... I want to work in this industry. I really like this industry, but it doesn't pay good. It's a shit ton of work all the time. And you actually start to dislike the thing that you started doing this for. Like you actually start to dislike skiing. Like That's you why actually, I'm an underwriter, Jabber. Dude, I know, These but bills. like you almost need a way to separate yourself from it because it's, I say it all the time. It's like why I live where I live, right? Like I like living here because I don't have to fucking be in it every day. Because otherwise I would really hate it. Right. Like now, and I'm salty enough about it as it is, but like, <laughs> if it, if this was every single day, all day, and it was all I was surrounded by, I would ha personally would have a very difficult time with it because there's just, there's a lot of changes. And I, I agree with you, Jay. Like, I think people haven't grown up yet. Like people need to figure out how to do that and figure out a way to make it so that people can have long careers, like, and actually be able to make this thing work. Yeah, don't, I mean, don't bring on an athlete that you say you're going to, you know, help out all season and then just ghost them. I, I just find that so unacceptable, in my opinion. Yeah. Ghosting. Yeah. Ghosting. On, on the media side of things, though, like, when I look around the industry, the amount of photographers that I know that are at my stage of, like, you know, you've been a photographer for 10 years that haven't pivoted to doing something else, I, I can think of two. Yeah. Um, out of like 40, because I run into all these people now and like, we're all at the point where it's like, fuck you. You got to pay me so much money to have me come out and work with a new client for a day because I'm so used to all of the bullshit. And like, I just want to go skiing with Mike Brown and Noah Wetzel and all these other filmers and photographers who live at Alta like I do. And like, we run into each other all the time and we're like, no, this is a no camera day again. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's just not worth it at some point. Like hating skiing is not worth it. Everyone goes through that. Like I tell all the younger guys, like do everything that you can to not hate skiing. <laughs> Force yourself to 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 forego a five hundred dollar paycheck if it's the best day of the season. And and really remember that like you got into this because you love it, not because it's lucrative. And if you find that right balance, mm. like I have a, an outside job as well. I have a tech job. That's incredibly lucrative and less hard than my skiing job. Yeah. And at the same time, like I find myself actively taking less and less and less ski work because I don't want to have all of my time taken up. Like the time I guess is more valuable than the money at this point. And 
that's because it's so little money too. <laughs> like yeah. skiing doesn't a good doesn't do a good job of of trying to keep people like me or people like Mike um, because we realize that we're hardworking and talented and, you know, we will text you back. Like your photographer is <laughs> never going to ghost you, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, it can be really tough to, to, to keep talent in the long term. And I think you're seeing this in content production, team management positions, everything that's below that threshold of really, you know, being an executive uh, in the outdoor industry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's very few people that work in the industry that genuinely like are super passionate about skiing every day. Like I, I just, I can think of a handful. Like I think Taylor's one of them. Like he's fucking so happy to go skiing every single time I see him. Like, and it's probably not like that all the time, but I think he's one of them. Um, and I think, most of the people that I can think of that are like truly passionate skiers don't work in the industry. Like mm -hmm. they're just, they just avoid it, but that's why they love it so much. So like, I, I, I think, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's going to get weirder and weirder. And I, I don't know. I, I'm not planning on being around for it. So. <laughs> yeah. So if I can luck. say there's, there's one go. person, <laughs> there's one person that I always look to as being the ultimate successful ski bum and it's Mitchell Brower. I see that kid at Alta all the time, and he's never filming. <laughs> like, and when he does film, he gets it on the first shot every single time. He's a mutant, and I am convinced that he actually gets more turns in than any other paid skier that I know. Probably, yeah. And I wish he would teach me his ways. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> That's we should be. Um, I think you need to pay tithing for that. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, line line skis right here. Connor Clayton. Yeah. Good luck with that. Um <laughs> I, <laughs> let me let me ask you guys this. Like most memorable moment of putting this project together. Um if you all have a different one, that's great. But like the thing that you can think of that your brain automatically goes to when you think about this project and this project making it out in the world. Um, I mean, I mean, for me, uh, Jay and I had like multiple days or at least all three of us did where it was like, we'd get clagged out every time we went to go shoot something that I had been wanting to ski or I couldn't land a trick that I had been trying off this one air, um, five times trying in three separate days and never landed it. Um, just the the couple days that we had this year where it was sunny, the snow was good, and I landed, and no one fucked up the shot. I think those are like I wasn't my, there that day. My my yeah the the one day the day the one day that Jay wasn't there is when we finally <laughs> got the shot. I've been working on for like three years. Somebody's so mean to Jay. <laughs> I mean, it's part of the territory. It it's fault. He was doing his big boy job, but like, no, no, I think I was sledding that day, but it's okay. Oh, okay. So not your big boy job. You were off having fun. <laughs> I don't think I wanted to deal with the canyon traffic that day. I don't know. <laughs> what about Sales? for you guys? Most memorable moments? Man, I I remember. I think the deepest day 
that I have ever had was on this project. Um, and we had an unfortunate incident in the morning where uh, Taylor was actually just like the tag along. And the other athlete that we were shooting, she got hurt on the first run of the day. And the canyon closed. We were stuck up there. No one else could get up. And it was like, it was on, man. It was like 50 inches of some of the lightest snow I've ever skied. Alta struggled to open that morning. Taylor and I were just like, well, like, these might be the deepest conditions we're ever going to get to film. Do we want to, like, I don't know, pop out the back and ski some, like, low-angle trees? Because everything was calving off everywhere. Alta closed. And so we took Jay and we went up to one of our safe zones and we were skiing up there. That was in Guardsman, right? No, no, no. It was, uh, it was like, we're not going to divulge the spot, but it's, yeah, it's on a yeah. ridge line. Yeah. That's like right, right in the right right gatekeeping. Don't blow the spot up, man. Gatekeep the very well known location. <laughs> yeah. It's easy. Um, but it was just such a sick day because it's like no one else was out. Nobody made it up there. It was just Taylor, Jay, and I. And, like, Jay could barely walk around because it was so deep in the flat that he was on trying to get the long lens shot of Taylor. And it's, like, pounding snow. And then we got stuck up there until, like, 11 p.m., of course. So we had way too many beers. And it was just, like, your classic, like, those are the memories of Alta that will always stick with me if I ever leave this place of just, like, the crazy days where everything's closed and you're calling around trying to find out if there's a hotel room available that you can sleep in. And you're hoping that you're not going to sleep in your truck and you're looking at your gas and hoping it doesn't run out. But you also just had like the sickest, deepest day ever. And honestly, Taylor, we had a lot of those over these three years that we had our cameras on us for. And some of which I even went free skiing on miraculously so I, I don't know i'll always look at these these clips and kind of just that nostalgia will come back to me you took the backpack off several times this year i think i That's saw true. you skiing without your pack this year more than most years actually yeah hmm. okay yeah anything do you remember this this project at all i i do <laughs> <laughs> no i have no idea um no i i would say that that day specifically with just the three of us going out. I mean, I remember it, it was so deep for me even just to like walk. Cause I mean, I'm short five, four, you know, five, five on a good day. Um, and just trudging through the snow and then all, and then also like this, the whole snowpack was just shifting by the, almost by the minute it was just shifting. Where it was like, all right, like let's hit it. And every single time Taylor came down, it was a banger turn or you know, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was one of those days where you just were, was like pure bliss in the moment and then pure chaos when you get down and everyone's in the lodge, everyone's trying to leave <laughs> cars, whatever, you know, like cars are, you know, uh, sandwiched in the, in the, on the road. It, it was, it's insane. So, I mean, there's a lot that happens in little Cottonwood Canyon. It's, it's almost too much. Uh, sometimes. And uh, I bought a sled last year just, just for that, because I wanted to get out of little cottonwood a little sometimes. Like, hey, Jay, you remember, uh, you remember the last shot on that day before we said, all right, we're out of here. I will always remember that one. Taylor trying to do a butter 
in like 55 oh, yes. inches of power. Yes, I do. And the, the video of it is so funny because he's like trying so hard to get his skis <laughs> out of the snow and he can't really do it. And then all of a sudden he hits like something under the snow and his whole body just like pops out out of nowhere and he's super uncontrolled. It's just like a terrible <laughs> shot. But it was so funny because he was so committed yeah. to trying to do this, this shot in the most ridiculous of conditions. Ridiculous. It's like snowing sideways. <laughs> Couldn't see anything. Snow's moving. Sales is like, we need to change right now. We need to get out of here. Like there's these kids like skiing around like, oh, this is really great. Sales is like, it's going to fucking slide. Like we got to get out of here. Yeah. I forgot about those idiots up on the ridge line that were like, they're trying to come into where we were skiing, but they were taking a really unsafe path to get there. Mm. Yeah, man. It's just like, they're like, we're going to do it on your lap. And Sales is like, we're going to get the fuck out of here. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God, what is going on? Like, holy shit. (laughs) Hey, they all knew you, though. They did all know me, but I didn't know them. Mm -hmm. It's a big flex. It's a big flex. (laughs) I mean, what's it like to be famous, Jay? Hey, I'm only famous in a few places, so. I mean, honestly, I think everyone does know Jay at Alta. Yeah. Jabber, going back to your point, I talk to everyone. I go around and get people. I think it's a great thing. Don't worry. I'm not, I'm not going to ignore you. Like, you don't have to sell this idea on me. I'm not going to write your texts and DMs or whatever. Like, it's okay. I get it. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. Perfect. (laughs) Um, Let me this will be probably the last thing I ask you guys, but what does it feel like when you put together a project like this and it actually gets to like see the light of day? Like talk to me a little bit about that feeling because I can think personally, whenever we put out anything, right? Like, and it's obviously non-athletic, like this is all social (laughs) focused, internet focused, audio focused, but whenever we put out something that's important to me personally, I have like full on panic internally about what it's going to do are the numbers going to be good like how are people going to react to this blah 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 blah. so like i guess i'm wondering about how you all feel not just on the anxiety side but like also the good things like because there's there's got to be some relief to like putting some of that stuff out there that you've just had for a while yeah i mean for me it it feels good to like be able to put everything together that I've been working on with these guys and just like be able to just have it out in general, like at all. Um, I'm weird in where I like almost kind of find some joy in fucking the hurry up and wait game of Mm -hmm. like, giving myself a a second to like think about things. And then um, the the whole process of like nailing a shot or getting what you wanted or even getting something better than what you expected um, and having like Eric or Jay watch it and then be like, Oh dude, you're going to fucking love this. Just like that, that whole process of it. I very much enjoy. So having, like those moments um, put together um, is super rad. And I'm like really excited to put it out. 
yeah, just just having the, the basis of what we've been working on for the past two years see some light of day, if any. Maybe maybe tacky question, I guess, too. But like, is do you enjoy the like the final product, the putting it out, and like the reaction that comes with it, or do you enjoy like the process before? Because I think they each come with their own stressors. They each come with their own anxieties. But like one usually is like what you're looking for. Like one feeling is the reason that you keep doing it. So is it the release or is it like the pre-release? Um, I mean, I'm a millennial. So obviously the like seeing the like count go up and the comments <laughs> is it's going to release serotonin in my brain and I'm going to enjoy that. Um <laughs> Share, 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 share. share. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seeing all the numbers go up. Uh, but like, I, I almost, I can say I, I probably prefer like, I sound like Gary Vee, but I pre prefer like the process of it, um, of like the work and releasing it. People might not know all the work that we put into it, but I can watch it and know how fucking hard the boot pack was to get these like four deep turns or how much Jay was yelling at me because he couldn't figure out a fucking kick turn on the way out of this zone that we were skiing in. Uh, it's just shit like that. Yeah. And I, I think I agree with Taylor on that. Like for me, there's so much learning that happens over this period of time because this, this piece wasn't meant to be a standalone piece, right? It's just like, all of the leftovers of stuff that never got used or stuff that we had that, you know, we tried to sell and didn't get purchased or, or however it came to be that we're cutting into one like super cut season edit. And if I look back to the first year, I mean, especially with Jay, cause he was new, but if I look back to his first year shots compared to his last year shots, it's a night and day difference. But even just Taylor and I and how we've worked together and learned to travel with each other in the backcountry and learn to run safety and learn to mm. get into stuff that we never even thought we could get into, like the evolution of that, of, of a skill set to me is the most rewarding part. And I actually, I think I'm more like you, Adam, and when it comes out, I, I'm just anxious. I'm just like, like I don't scratching want to be like, oh, that's all like, you I'm had, like, you know, fucking... or like yeah right and you yeah. just see every little pimple on the thing that comes out afterwards like but during the process totally. you don't see it you're like you're so in it that you're just like this is fine but yeah, then like yeah. you look at it afterwards or like right as it's going out and you're like fuck people are gonna notice this 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 and that and it's like you can't yeah i i get it that is how i especially on the content side of things because like this taylor has no budget for any of this so jay edited it and Jay did a good job, but he is not a professional editor by any means. And, you know, it's like all of those things that go into it, you look at it at the end and you're like, oh man, like we tried really hard to do this piece and this piece and this piece and this piece and this piece, mm -hmm. right? But like, I'm always worried about devaluing my brand and anything I put out, I always worry, like, is this going to hurt my brand? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I, I mean, I'll, I don't think we're going to, I think it's good. No, and <laughs> it, saying, it's, but... I don't think it, I don't think it devalues any, any brand or whatever, but um, 
I mean, first of all, finally I can use some of Taylor's shots in my reels. So like, <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, okay. It benefits you, Jay. No, no, I'm kidding. It does benefit Jay. Yes, yeah. it benefits me. That was actually really funny. Like, hey, I work with Taylor and, you know, just the networking continues. Um, no, 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 oh no. So I, I was talking with, I think I, the process I really enjoyed the most out of all of it was, is, is just, Yes. And I know some of the shoot days are like, come on, Jay, you're being fucking slow. Like, you got to move here. You got to do this. Like, first time I ever doubled a shoot day with, with Tom and AJ. That's a different story, but like, or doubled on a snowmobile. That, like, that was, that was a whole nother other thing. But I think, I think the process of it and the filming it and the going out and, and having this vision each day and putting like, is like the most fun for me out of all of it. I mean, I've even talked to, um, you know, I, I do a little bit of like music video work and when I go to LA and stuff. Um, and, and we agree, like the, even though that side of the film industry is very different where they have, it's controlled and they don't have weather issues and they can redo shots and all this type of stuff. People generally don't get hurt. Yeah, they don't get hurt. Or like all that, or they're not they're not freezing their hands off. Whatever it is. But they we, like, you know, we had this awesome conversation with my buddy Zoo, and it was like, it's the process of it. It's like having this idea in the head, in your head, and putting it on film and then creating it. And then kind of once it's out, you're like, oh, all right, on to the next thing. Um, I will say I do have a little bit of anxiety because, you know. You, you want it to be good. You want the product to be good. This is Taylor skiing. You know, he, he did work hard for it as, as sales and I did. Um, and you want to represent Taylor. Well, um, I, I do look at the video. I'm like, man, I could have done the X, Y, and Z, but I think, and you know, I really appreciate, you know, sales, you know, like just fucking doing what he can for me. So like, I will never be able to like it. That's something that's like, I'm really grateful for so I try to work really hard on that area, but you know, we put, I think we put out the best product we can and maybe we'll have something else in the future. And yeah, I don't know. I think that's, that's kind of my, my take on it. It's funny that you guys are all being very humble about this, but like, I think it's going to come out great. I can't, I can't say that I've seen it yet to confirm this, but like knowing <laughs> the three of you, knowing how well the three of you work together and like your relationship, I think that they're, at worst case scenario, it comes out really good. So communication, Jabber, communication. Yeah, I think you guys are good <laughs> at communicating. Like, I don't know how clear the communication yeah. is, but I do believe that you guys are very <laughs> good communicators. <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, last thing I have: where can people? like myself go watch this thing go see this thing go like how do they how do they do this um yeah so the best bet for distribution is going to be to go to taylor's instagram and it'll be in the link there um we have a bunch of other people who will be sharing it out on the interweb because the piece is living on his youtube uh so if you want to go to his youtube directly more power to you we expect most people to access through social, through Strafe, Jiro, K2, Snowbird Alta. If you want to post stuff, we would love that um, course, to drive some traffic course. there as well, as well as all the other athletes that were involved in coming to hang out with us throughout the way. You know, it's like I was 
doing some of the titles before we hopped on this call. And there's a list of like 25 athletes that <laughs> shared some time with us in the backcountry throughout this process. And I'm sure they will all be posting it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they'll be, they'll be sharing it for sure. Share to, you know, family, friends, coworkers, get it to different demographic, whatever. I'm sharing to my coworkers. <laughs> so it's going to be in the, I'm like, oh, wow. Black. Black. It's it's be in the yeah, <laughs> Dude. I'm definitely sharing to the to, to my colleagues. Like, this is what I do. A hundred percent. I think that's great. <laughs> um, so in short, go to Taylor's YouTube channel or go to Instagram. Taylor, what is your YouTube name? Uh, it is just my name. It is Taylor Pratt. Perfect. Easy. Yep. Um, all right, boys. Thank you for the time. 